This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A guy right now on the line can tell us all about that. It's the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline from Pro Football Talk from NBC Sports. He's Mr. Mike Florio. Mike, great to have you back with us. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Good. We are well. I'm hoping the holidays were great for you because that meant that Playmakers Sold Like Crazy is the perfect holiday gift for an NFL fan. Well, the holidays were great. I don't know how many copies of Playmakers sold. It's been out for nearly a year. I appreciate you mentioning it. But the holidays were great because I ate too much food and I drank too much wine and had too much fun. So. Nice. So that was that was the the best of it, and then the season ends and we move to the playoffs. That's the thing that post holiday lull. It doesn't happen if you're an ardent football fan because you get to enjoy some of the best games of the year after we get through the holiday season. Your holidays are the exact opposite of the Browns. That's pretty exciting. That's what it feels like right now. What what are your thoughts on the Browns defensive coordinator opening right now? Who do you think is the front runner? They've got some pretty good candidates in. Yeah, I. I it's funny. This time of year, there's so many vacancies, and I'm primarily tracking the big ones, the head coaching jobs. It, it, you know, they need somebody to improve that defense, or next year the Browns may be looking for a new head coach. So Kevin Stefanski's got to make a good decision here. Brian Flores would be great if he could get him. Flores is an awesome coach. He got a raw deal in Miami. He should have been hired by the Texans last year. His name hasn't come up for head coaching vacancies, in part, I believe, because he sued the NFL, which – is a no-no, as Colin Kaepernick learned a few years ago. So I think it would be a great opportunity to bring in a guy who knows a thing or two about solid NFL defense to try to complement what the Browns may have going on next year offensively once they have Deshaun Watson fully up to speed. The Steelers hired him despite the lawsuit. Can the Browns do the same thing? Well, they should. It shouldn't be an issue. And a lot of people out there don't realize this. I practiced law for a long time. I mean, people realize that, but they think it's okay for a company to shun someone who has sued them. Think of what a horrible policy that is. If we live in a world, and specifically in a country, that says it's okay if you have used the appropriate legal channels in an effort to redress your grievances against the company that you believe may have mistreated you, and then it's perfectly legitimate for that company to retaliate against you for having the audacity to take advantage of the proper legal channels that are available to you when they've already screwed you. So the Browns should. It shouldn't be an issue. It should never be a factor. It shouldn't even be discussed. The question is, and the problem is, when you're talking about an industry that is a fairly closed shop with only 32 branches off of one big-ass tree, and you've already pissed everyone off by giving Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract, 
I don't think Jimmy Haslam is going to want to put himself in a position where he makes some of his partners even angrier. And I think Jimmy Haslam is probably, just based upon politics and business governance, et cetera, he's probably of the mindset that he doesn't want somebody working for him who has sued one of his partners. Even though that's legally and morally wrong, I wouldn't put it past Jimmy Haslam, frankly. And I wouldn't put it past a lot of these folks who own NFL teams to say, that guy's never working here. And it was a credit last year to Art Rooney to be the one to do it. But I, I think it's a, it's a tough bridge for Jimmy Haslam to cross. And I will have a ton of respect for him if he does it, because it will go against every inclination he has to not put himself in a position where he could be the one sued by Brian Flores in the future. Hmm. Wow. It was super interesting. Uh, let me ask you this then. Uh, let's go to Deshaun Watson for a second. Two things. One, what do we learn about him as a player? And two, what do you think we learned about the court of public opinion and how, you know, all the stories that dominated us for a year seem to be forgotten? I don't know if it's just in Cleveland or if that's nationwide. What do you think? Well, I think the reality is we have a, a limit on our capacity to care about stories, and we move on to other things. And because the Browns weren't a playoff contender when Deshaun Watson came back and because there weren't widespread protests and he returned to the game during the season when we were focused on other issues it just kind of got absorbed within everything else and it helped that there were no primetime standalone Browns games and that was probably deliberate by the NFL and by next year we will have all adjusted and moved on unless there are trials that result in major verdicts against Deshaun Watson which would which would stir all this up. It would be smart for him at this point to do whatever it takes to settle these cases. I know there's one holdout from the original 20-plus who sued him, who refuses to settle because he refuses to genuinely express remorse and genuinely apologize. And then there's the new lawsuit that was filed in mid-October that Watson's camp contends is a giant sham, and they'd like to just wave a magic wand to make it go away. It's not going to be that easy. That one will go to trial at some point as well. But you know, it's not over yet as far as the league's concerned, it is. And uh, I just think the passage of time and the fact that we've moved on to other issues, barring some really major development, something new we didn't know about, evidence he engaged in this kind of behavior after it became an issue in March of 2021, for example, something new, something different, something dramatic, I think at this point would be necessary to put it back on the, the top of the stack for the things we're interested in. And that's, that's just a reflection of the way we are as humans. We can only consume so much of a story. We can only care so much about a story before there's really nothing left to care about. There's no further developments, and we just move on to something else. Mike Florio joining us, Pro Football Talk. You mentioned Kevin Stefanski better hire the right coordinator or he could be looking for a job next year. Should the Browns be looking for a head coach now, Mike, or should he get a fourth year? I don't get into those issues unless it's obvious that somebody is unfit for a job. Kevin Stefanski was coach of the year after his first year on the job. Deshaun Watson has made it clear that he wants to continue working with him. It's for ownership to decide whether or not to make a change. The fact that it hasn't happened four days after the season ended tells me it's not going to. Every once in a while there's some sort of a surprise, some sort of a delayed reaction you know, a lot of times what happens is a team realizes there's someone they can get, so they move on from their coach days after the normal process for making a change would have occurred. But I don't envision any of that, and I, I, I don't see a reason to make a change. 
I, and and again, I'm 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 kind of violating what I just said at the top. I know, but I try. I just it makes me nervous to comment and to express opinions on whether or not people should be fired. That's for ownership to decide. I don't see a reason why they should do it, but I also know that dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things, and people who have paid close attention to the Browns since the Haslam's bought it would say that more often than not, the team has been dysfunctional. Uh, let me ask you this one. Uh, Demar Hamlin, what did we learn about the entire story? And, and, and it's just I'm still unbelievable to me that he's home already. Um, I just what did we learn, and what did we learn about the NFL and the things that I think it's hard not to look at the NFL and say, man, the protocols seem to be really right on what they do when we have an injury like this. What do we've, you think? Yeah, we've learned that the NFL has great systems in place to deal with serious health conditions because of the number of doctors and medical professionals and trainers, et cetera, who are there who can provide you with immediate care when you need it. They had to recognize it. They had to act accordingly, and they did. That part of it was great. It makes you wonder how safe, frankly, kids are at the lower levels of the sport where the risk of that kind of an injury, especially youth baseball, and I hope that the thing that comes out of this is is a greater sensitivity to the possibility of commodiocardis, the condition that they think may have caused this, a sudden blow to the chest that causes the heart rhythm to stop. It happens to kids in youth baseball, not as rarely as it happens to professional athletes in NFL games, that's for sure. I was aware of it when my kid was young, and he had a special pad that he wore under his shirt to protect against a line drive to the chest. Hopefully there will be AEDs. Hopefully people will be trained in CPR. And I said this last week, I think we'll at some point hear a story about someone's life being saved, some kid in Wichita, because he, he was hit in the chest during a youth sporting activity, baseball, basketball, football, whatever, and somebody knew to act right away because of DeMar Hamlin. So that part of it is very encouraging. The only downside is I really don't like this unforced error that the NFL engaged in with the question of whether or not they were going to try to resume the game. The NFL drew a very hard line in the sand and then dug it even deeper. I, I think it would have been much better for everyone if the NFL just acknowledged, yeah, our standard protocol is to keep playing. No matter who gets injured or how severe the injury may be, we move on. The game moves on, and we realize that this specific condition was too significant, this event too traumatic to expect the players to continue so we abandoned our standard protocol they've, they've created this espn versus nfl fight that i think is completely unnecessary and it takes focus away from what should be the most important who do you like in the afc mike is it buffalo cincinnati kansas city georgia well <laughs> i picked i picked the chiefs to yeah georgia I, what the hell atlanta i'm sorry but you know I think the NFL is going to look at this as an opportunity to explore whether or not AFC championship and NFC championship games should be played at neutral sites in the future. I really do. And I hate to say that because I hope they don't do it, but they can turn this into Super Bowl light. They can yep. turn this into something they can dangle to the various cities and make a hell of a lot more money. And when you're talking about a business that – and any successful business is under constant pressure – to grow revenue and grow revenue and grow revenue. It's like finding more places to cram cheese into a pizza. How much more cheese can you cram in? Well, you can make the draft a road show, which they did, and you can make the AFC championship and NFC championship a neutral site game and squeeze a bunch of concessions and cash out of the cities that host those games. That, that's what you can do. So that's what concerns me about this selection of Atlanta because it makes no geographic sense. This game should be played 
in Cleveland, and that wasn't my first choice. My first choice was Lambeau, then Heinz Field, and I know it's not Heinz Field anymore, but it still is to me. Soldier Field, and then Cleveland would have been my fourth choice. Outdoors, on grass ideally, open air, subject to the elements, just like a game would have been in Buffalo or Kansas City. Now, I've digressed from your question. I like the Chiefs still. Getting that week off is a benefit that wasn't taken away by the NFL when they decided to abandon their rules for canceled games. The only way they could have taken that benefit away was to add an eighth playoff team, and it would have been Steelers at Chiefs this weekend, which would have been awesome. It would have been better than Dolphins at Bills, frankly. But, yeah, I like the Chiefs just because they're getting the week off, and they've shown resilience all year long. I'm fascinated by what the Bengals can do because they're pissed off. They believe they they were the victims not just of circumstance but of the league changing rules for everyone but them. And then the Bills are the emotional favorite after what happened with DeMar Hamlin. So those are the three teams that are clearly the best in the AFC. And it looks like it's going to be Bengals-Bills next weekend, and then the winner likely plays the Chiefs, and we all win either way. If we get those two games, if we get Bills-Bengals and we get the winner of that game against the Chiefs, that's an awesome AFC playoff field. I like the way the AFC looks here. And I'd be just looking at it from the outside – if any if any NFC team jumps up and wins the Super Bowl, good for them. That means I think they played really well because there are three really good teams in the AFC right now. And the question is, is the AFC so much of a meat grinder that it makes it harder for the AFC champion to still have anything left? But I'm I'm a firm believer in it's better to, you know, have tough games that really harden your resolve and give you the experience and make you believe you can beat uh, the best the NFC has to offer. But the problem is the 49ers are damn good. And if the 49ers get there, it's going to be tough for the Bills or the Chiefs or the Bengals to beat them. Mike, always a pleasure. We we love having you with us. Thanks, man. Great talking to you guys. Talk Mike to you Florio, Pro Football Talk, Playmakers, his book. Go get it anywhere you get your books. It's been out a little while, and it's still going strong. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.